Good evening, TDN listeners. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. Welcome to this week in interview on TDNradio.net. I hope you had a great week. I had an okay week as well. Uh, well, you know, Wednesday night, as I said, is the highlight of my week most times. And um, tonight is no exception. Today was a beautiful spring day in New York City. 70 degrees weather sunshine is beautiful anyway uh i have a very special guest on tap uh, for you tonight and, and i hope that you have your your pen and your notepad and your in your drink in hand because we're going to have a good time if 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 tonight is the first time that you are going to listen to this week in interview welcome i i i appreciate you making the time to join eh? and i hope at the end of the hour that you will become a regular listener of this week in interview. We do this every Wednesday at 8 p.m. For my regular listeners, welcome back. I um, I always take, the, you know, I really appreciate the, the fact that you make this week in interview a part of your weekly schedule. I, I know, as I always say, I, I acknowledge that there are so many other things you could do with your hour, uh, or one and a half sometimes, um, the fact that you choose to spend it with me if, uh, on this weekend interview, I appreciate that very much. I hope you remember to invite uh, five people to listen to this weekend interview. We're trying to grow into a movement because we discuss so much um, topics of substance on this weekend interview that, that if we have enough people listen and we can stir enough people to do something, about what they're hearing, we will definitely make a difference. So invite five people every week to listen to this week in interview. And um, if you're a regular listener, you also know that every week I start the show by playing the CARICOM anthem, as it is beautifully done by Miss Mikkel Henderson. Beautiful voice, a wonderful song, and it it it, it embodies and expresses our, our, or that is my desire to see the Caribbean move forward as, as, as a unified unit, unified nation even. Uh, and with, I, I, I strongly believe that that would result in better outcomes for the people of the Caribbean. So let's take, let's take a break, listen to Mikkel Henderson as she does the CARICOM anthem. We take a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, I'm going to have my guest, on tonight, I don't know if you saw the promotion on, on our Facebook page, but my guest tonight is is Firebrand, as the only way you can describe her. Firebrand activist, um, passionate citizen, patriot of Dominica, Miss Shirley Allen is is my guest on this weekend interview. But before I get Shirley on, let's get to Mikel and the Caricom anthem. distant lands our forefathers came some seeking adventure some bound in chains through battles waged and fought through victory and pain by test of their courage our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before 
in Marigold. Vital Bio specializes in all kind of dishes. Oh yes, West Indian dishes, chicken and rice and all that's nice and many other types of seafoods. Oh yes, a Wellstock bar awaits you. Especially if you need a martini. Vital Bio specializes in all your favorite drinks in top quality for you. Oh yes, Vital Bio brand new. Yes, I told you so. Lot 107, Resident Lamande. 54, Rue de la Liberté. Vital Bio, the number one restaurant on the French side of St. Martin. Don't you forget to go to Vital Bio, the number one brand new restaurant on the French side of St. Martin. Uh, welcome back, listeners. Uh, I always enjoy listening to Mikkel. I play that song every week. And so many of you tell me that the only time you hear the national, the Caricom anthem is when I play it on this week in interview. And that's the objective because I think that song really embodies um, or the aspiration of Caribbean people highlighting what we have in common. 
and uh, more than what we have in differences, except for our politicians who each want to be a prime minister of, of a small nation, our people um, are ready to work together. Uh, as I told you before, before I, I went off um, to do the Mikhail Henderson and to take care of our business, if you are in St. Martin, check out Vital Bio, um, delicious food, and, and let them know that you heard about them on TDN Radio. And, and I'm sure that might get you a discount. <laughs> Don't say I say that. Uh, and also, I want to say a special shout out to the listeners who are joining us on RVR Jams in Dominica. Welcome. Um, we, we like the fact that you, um, you listen to us every week. Well, listeners, I know you've been waiting. I have a very special guest tonight on this week in interview. Uh, and, and my guest tonight embodies what the show is about. It's about bringing ideas from various, from every different um, aspect of our, of our society. Every different aspect. As I, as I always say, democracy cannot be a spectator sport. We have to participate if we want to have a thriving democracy uh, uh, that, that can produce a life that, that's worth living a, a quality of life that 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 is respectable for our people we we certainly have to make sure that we participate well my guest tonight um definitely participates and um she she has participated for a long time i asked her for a bio um and when she sent it to me i i was very impressed with the level of involvement. So let me, let me just run through it really quickly. And my guest tonight is Miss Shirley Allen. Shirley was born in La Plaine. And she says her, her, she grew up with her, her grandmother uh, because her father migrated to, to England. In fact, the way she puts it is that my father was one of the people who migrated to England and never passed back. And she, her mother uh, tra was traveling around the Caribbean doing hockstering. My family around that time were the premier business people in La Plaine. My uncle, Telly Mac Allen, had it going on with the movie house, dance hall, transportation, the bay oil distilleries, the farm. And my grandparents and mother, when she was there, when she was there had a shop of her own. Shirley attended the West Hill High School as a secondary school um, in Roseau. Uh, Methodist school actually and she, she has two children and two grandchildren her first job was with Dr. Williams Dr. Williams was a dentist in Dominica and Shirley was uh, the dental assistant uh, after the show I need to talk to Shirley because I, I have some childhood uh, memories of visiting Dr. Williams so uh, after the show we have to talk about that um, from dental assistants I moved to, ins to the insurance industry and was one of the top agents, all featured in the newspaper. I worked with Clico as an agency manager for some time and left to go with Life of Barbados after a while. I was a speaker at, at insurance conventions around the Caribbean and was honored to share the stage with greats like Les Brown. I'm sure most of us um, know of Les Brown. I listen to Les Brown motivational stuff um, Almost as an aside, almost every a few days a week on my on my way to work, I listen to Les Brown. Very motivational. So Shirley says she she has shared the stage. She was honored to share the stage with Les Brown. Uh, he was a motivational speaker and author, and many 
Fakazadi. I'm sure she'll correct that pronunciation for me. One of the world's top in the insurance business. I was instrumental in instituting the life on the writer's training course in Dominica. And I was the first moderator of that course on the island. I left the insurance business for some time and went to help establish the drum newspaper. But it had to close down because of the political environment at the time and the people involved in it, exclamation mark. We talk about that. I was an elected <laughs> member of the Lapland Village Council. There we, there we're going to see a big participation, surely participation in community. Um, I was an elected member of the Lapland Village Council. I served on the Social Security Board. I was the president of the PTA for many years in Lapland. I was also involved in all kinds of community activity. Myself, along with Ron Green, were instrumental in building a community library in Lapland. And since I love reading, I love reading and books, and I, I looked at this project as one of my great achievements. I migrated to the United States in 1996 with my children in tow. I, I did a, a Bachelor of Arts in Organizational Management. Three months after being in, in America, I got involved with the Dominica Association, Association of Washington, D.C., then Rosie Douglas Foundation, then the Dominica Association of Arts and Sciences, then Unity and Progress for a Better Dominica. I worked mostly in healthcare management, in the healthcare management industry. That took me to working at a nonprofit organization center for multicultural human services dealing with victims of war and refugees. This was quite an experience. I loved it. The thing I pride my, about myself the most is being very well read, being a very well read person. As I commonly say, I am not an expert in anything, but I know a little about a lot of things. I consider myself an activist, anti-war, peace and justice, I have been an advocate for Palestinians' rights and human dignity for over 20 years. I have marched in the streets of Washington, D.C. and Houston, protesting wars, and I am proud of that too. Well, of course, I have been a political firebrand fighting for truth, righteousness, democracy, good governance, and justice in my homeland, Dominica. Uh, well, uh, listeners, this is who this is my guest. This is my guest on um uh, on this week in interview tonight, Miss Shirley Allen. Shirley, um, a very very warm welcome to this week in interview tonight. Shirley, are you Thank there? Thank you. Okay, yes. Okay. Thank Thank you so much. Glad to be here with you tonight. It was awesome. I was I was really um. You know, delighted when you accepted my invitation to to come on the show because I I follow a lot of your posts on on Facebook as I'm sure a lot of listeners do, and and your passion your passion comes through very strong in in most in a lot of those posts surely, uh, and so you know I you 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 uh, you you get to me to talk about that aspect of 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 our, of our democracy uh because i always say that democracy is not a, a spectator sport 
if we if we if we appreciate our freedom if we appreciate what democracy can do for us we have to participate and i see you jumping in there and participating i just read a short bio that you that you sent you've been involved for a little while so surely i'm going to jump right in and let you tell me um what is the current issue or, or, the, or that's at the top of your list right now um, that you would like to talk about on this interview first? Okay, first of all, let me say that as I tell people who know me well that I was born with a P on my forehead, which means P for politics. <laughs> and, I have been, and I have been involved in politics for a long, long time. Even when I was going to high school, I used to spend all the time that I could find when the parliament was in session to go and sit down and listen. And it was amazing to what I was listening to then compared to what I, I cannot listen to it right now. So I've been in politics a long time. I have been through all the protests that they had in Dominica and I took my share of tear gas already, so I know what it is to take tear gas in a protest. I was, I, I have been a participant of democracy for a long, long time. Okay, so with so, all of that, with all of that experience, then what, what do you, what, what's, what's on your mind? What's at the top of your mind right now? Okay, right now, you know, I listened to that program last night with the stalwart. <laughs> I'm Dr. Andre, Gabriel Christian, my brother Gabriel, I'm Darren Sylvester, and Alex. Mm -hmm. And it was a fantastic, fantastic program. And, and that program was on Q95, right? Yeah, on Q95, okay. Global Views on Q with Loftus. And I was quite impressed with, you know, the deliberations. But one thing that I was a little disappointed about is because I didn't hear them focus on the important functions of journalists in preserving and enhancing our democracy. So I thought I might just, you know, piggyback and take it from there. Journalism. Okay, yeah, let's talk about the role of journalism and the media in our democracy. Go ahead, go for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, journalism, it's not only journalism um, that's important in preserving our democracy. Journalism is also vital in documented history in documenting history because scholars depend on accurate, credible newspaper reports for them to document history. I'm sure you would agree with me, right? Well, definitely, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And right now I believe that whoever has to write, you know, to document the history of this era our present era of the rule search carrot regime will have a lot of work to do because they have to do a lot of research to investigate all the claims and all the allegations and everything that we have been hearing about for the past 15 years themselves, you know, to, to really give an accurate account of it. Because the journalists, did not do a very good job of investigating and reporting it. See what happens when allegations surfaces in Dominica, like clockwork, all the time. The team of propagandists, they spring into action 
to beat down the stories. They threaten people with lawsuits and they kill the stories. The people then are left with reasonable doubts. And this is all they need. They just need to put the reasonable doubts in people's heads. And they get it. And because of this reasonable doubt, people cannot make the decisions that they need to make based on the allegations because they, they ask you, where's your proof? There's no proof. Show me your proof. You say this, and you say that, and you say that, and you say that, and all these allegations, there is no proof. Surely, you know, you know what you're making a very vital point because mm-hmm. uh, people, you know, it seems as though um, we are trying to replace a chat on a Facebook page with mm-hmm. with journalism, and we see the same thing happening in the U.S., where uh, an environment is created. Where it becomes mm-hmm. difficult for the for the citizens to be able to recognize lies in a mm-hmm. definitive manner. So that so that that is a very astute uh, observation that you that you're making. And so you 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 you're holding the journalists to account for mm-hmm. for that. Not only for not making the issue in terms of a current affair, but in terms of documenting that 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 is that that is that is a that is a brilliant. Um, observation that you're making right there. So, so who are the journalists that we want to call out and 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 ask them? You know, who, who are the recognized journalists in Dominica that you see? Well, <laughs> don't I, you, I don't know. Well, we have Caroline, uh-huh. and he's supposed to be one of the main journalists in Dominica. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Matt, who is Matt is doing his thing, his way, how he he knows how to do it. Then we have, I don't know if I could, well, before I go into the journalism, there's media, there's mass media, mm-hmm. and there is journalism, mm-hmm. mass communication and journalism. So I just want to set journalism aside from the mass media, the DNO, the emo news, the um, blogs and the talk shows and whatever, because to me, this is not real journalism. When I talk about journalism, I mean real investigative journalism and journalism where you can find the leaders and hold them accountable. Ask them their questions. It was the great Helen Thomas. I don't know if you remember Helen Thomas. I admired Helen Thomas. She was a White House reporter who covered the White House for 60 years, from Kennedy to Obama. And Helen Thomas said, and I quote, we do not get into journalism to be popular. It is our job to seek the truth and to put constant pressure on our leaders until we get the answers, end quote. And this is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Are you there? I'm there. Yes, I'm there. I'm listening is, to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the way it should be. You know, in Dominica, we have a leader who has been involved in all kinds of things, and he is not being held accountable. Okay. What he does is mm-hmm. he goes to Carry FM and DBS Radio in his comfort zones, and he hides behind them in their bosoms, 
and he just spews endless lies, manipulations, no questions asked, no interruptions, nothing. He speaks for as long as he wants. Nobody will ask him, but what about this? And what about that? And what about nothing? And this is all we get from our leader. This is not right. And, and this the, and cannot be right in a democracy. And the thing about it is that you, you mm-hmm. get the impression that he doesn't f- that, that the leader doesn't feel like he, he has to give a conch to the people. Something comes up and he just ignores it in the, in the, popular, in the popular press. And and mm-hmm. and people and people spin it back and forth on Facebook, but there's no there's no structure in Dominica where where there's reporting, and 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 the leader feels that he has to address the nation ninety percent ninety percent of the time. I I see what you're saying because in your bio you 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 say that you you started a newspaper. That's one of the things that you have in your past. You started the drum, the drum newspaper, but but you have you have media houses like DNO, Dominican News Online, that occupies the let space. Me you, let me tell it to you there a little while. Mm-hmm. I did not start the newspaper. Okay, you were just the working new, with them. Yeah, the drum newspaper was started by um, an American guy named Hamid and Mr. Schooner. I remember Hamid. I, his son yeah, was Hamid and Mr. Scone, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. And I went, you know, to work with them for a little while to establish the newspaper because they were getting a lot of problems, all kinds of political problems and, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I went and, and worked with them for a little while until eventually they had to shut down the newspaper because it was not working. Okay. Okay. I remember Mr. Yeah. Hamid. But but what I, the point I was making was that DNO right now is more of the leading apart and the New Chronicle, but but I, I, from what I know is that the New Chronicle belongs to the Liberal Party, I think. Um, so DNO is the is the is the, is the is the, the where people go for their news, but they don't mm-hmm. seem to do any journalism. There, there's an incident no. and they report it and they say when we get more details we will tell you and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Um, and Tim Durant was a respectable journal- is a respectable journalist for history. It seems that once Lennox Linton left this space as an investigative journalist, nobody nobody really filled that vacuum um, that was mm-hmm. left um, when Lennox when Lennox left. So that's something that we have to work on. Surely, maybe we have to get your your experience and start something um, to do to, to to encourage some journalists in Dominica. To have an avenue to um to report. Yeah, because since we see we consider journalists journalism as one of the main pillars mm-hmm. of democracy because it is the one that holds the leaders accountable. I mean, it's 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 an awesome responsibility because it is the journalist that is supposed to be keeping the citizenry informed. So they can make the decisions on who or what they vote for based on important, valuable information. Yeah. So yeah. So surely, let me let me just tell listeners who joined us late. You're listening to this week in interview on TDN Radio with your host Anthony Drago. My guest tonight is Shirley Allen. Shirley Allen describes herself as an activist, anti-war, peace, 
and justice activist, and she is a passionate patriot of, of Dominica. Shirley, there's something that I want to ask you about because I see that you talk about it all the time on your on your Facebook post. The the fact that the the prime let's talk about the prime minister and the fact that he selected his wife to to run in the election. He last week he took his wife to the UN, sit next to him at the UN. Um, what does that? Uh, how do you view that? What does that represent in your mind? That that what does that illustrate about the Roosevelt Skerritt um, administration in Dominica? Well, this is not a. This is just another level of abuse of power and disrespect and disregard for the people of Dominica, because Roosevelt knows. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be calling him. You can call him whatever you want to call him. There's nothing <laughs> but derogatory. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. Okay. But this man is quite aware that he was going to stir some controversy when he did something like that. But he did it anyway, in your face. I can do what I want. No law, no constitution, no protocols, no nothing can prevent me from doing what I, Roosevelt Skerritt, wants to do. Because this was, I mean, everybody knows that Roosevelt was taking Melissa to the UN to uplift her profile as a candidate to run on his ticket. Mm -hmm. And it was so embarrassing for maybe not Lauren Barnes because she has already told us that Roosevelt is the brand name for Dominica and nobody else can run Dominica than Roosevelt. So I do not believe she was feeling embarrassed. But if I were in, in her place, I would be embarrassed. You are the representative in the UN. Joseph Isaac is the Minister for Resilience. They are dealing with resilience issues. Lauren is sitting behind Melissa at the UN. Joseph Isaac is on the other side. And Melissa is like a country bookie taking selfies of Roosevelt, of, of herself and filming Roosevelt. And this was, I mean, this was so embarrassing to us. Why does he always have to do that to Dominica? You, 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 you think that maybe he's setting up Dominica to, to get accustomed to, to seeing the royal, quote-unquote, royal family representing the country? Well, I, I, you heard me saying all the time that they are going to have their queen and their king, and Roosevelt is running Dominica. As he said, he's running an organization. Mm-hmm. This is what he has in his mind, and this is what he is doing, and I name his organization RM&D Inc. What is that for? Roosevelt, Melissa, and Dimitri Inc. Incorporated. <laughs> this is how Roosevelt is running Dominica. And he says it. And as I always say, if you pay attention to Roosevelt, Roosevelt tells you what he is. He shows you what he is. The Dominicans don't pay attention to what he is telling them, so they are missing it. But I have been paying attention to Roosevelt from since 2004. And I watch him carefully. And I analyze the things that he is saying. 
Right now, I can tell you that nothing this man does will surprise me. Like I, I expect it. So, so what do you think about him saying in, one, in, a, in an appearance that if you don't vote for the Labour Party, you're committing treason? I think that is such a serious and frightening statement. Um, Let me tell Sorry. No, no, because in my mind, it takes me to, it takes me to, to where in some countries people are jailed and even killed for, and put, uh, you know, for, for expressing dissent um, to the government. And, and when, when the prime minister, whether he, some people might think he's saying it in jazz or jokingly, that if you don't vote for the Labour Party, you're committing treason. When treason is a crime that's punishable by death in Dominica, that that made me that that made me stop for a very long time, and and you know I I was amazed that there was not more reaction to that statement. What do you think about that? You know, and more frightening than that, more frightening than that, Roosevelt has manipulated and conditioned the people of Dominica, his people, so in 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 a in a situation where. Roosevelt has made Dominica him and him Dominica. Mm -hmm. So if you criticize Roosevelt, you criticize Dominica. This is what they have put in the people's head. And it has worked wonderfully for them. I am looking at the people's comments. I monitor Dominicans' comments on DNO and Facebook. And sometimes all I can do is shake my head in awe. I cannot believe how Roosevelt and his Gestapo have made Dominicans believe. And they believe it. When you criticize Dominica, you criticize Roosevelt. And when you criticize Roosevelt, Dominica, you commit treason against Dominica. That, this that, is, that is serious. Thing. That is dangerous ground we're walking yeah. on, you know? That is that is very dangerous ground that we're walking on, and I, and it's amazing that that um, we don't we don't try to to do something about it while while we still have a chance, you know. And and the the current saga, the current issue that is going on in Dominica right now, with um, what's the name of that boat, Mission Hope? Yeah, Mission Hope. Mission yeah. Hope. Pacific Hope. Pacific Hope. What what mm -hmm. do you think can be the possible motivation for the government not wanting a, a, a ship, a medical ship, to provide health care to, to Dominicans who need it? Again, I will say all we have to do is play, pay close attention to what's happening and we can put the pieces together. As I say, connect the dots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we just have to connect the dots. The dots are out there. We just have to connect them. I saw I saw you online with your polka dot dress, um, symbolizing yeah. the need to connect <laughs> the dots. <laughs> <laughs> By the things I have done, the things I have done for Dominica. <laughs> <laughs> when when you go back to Dominica, I think I want you to um to help the Calypsonians to connect to to, to do their presentation because you you go that at props, I think. But but seriously yeah. though, seriously though, do you think that that um, the government doesn't want Dominicans to get the idea that they should they they are entitled to a better quality of healthcare than what he's delivering? What what, what could be the motivation behind him 
I think the motivation is China, 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 China. Mm. See what happened. Roosevelt doesn't want Americans to be Dominican because of China. I think, I honestly believe that China had something to do with Ross being out of Dominica. I am telling Dominicans to pay attention. What is China? What are they building? They're building a fortress in Mondanel. The Chinese. That, that, that building that has been circulating on Facebook for the last couple of days? No, that's Roosevelt's own. But the Chinese are building a fortress also. Oh. And Dominicans are so naive and the naivety isn't high places. You know, Dominican officials, government officials carrying laptop that China gave them. <laughs> you know, these people allow China to build the state house from top to bottom with no supervision at all. Could you imagine the number of bugs that is in this place? Look, last week, they caught a Chinese woman in my Mayo Lago yeah, from place. Mm-hmm. Place with, with, with viruses, with some tribes with viruses inside, inside Trump, Trump property. Are you hearing me? I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. And, and, yeah. and, and that the connection that you're making is, is stunning because, you know, we know we know that the Chinese um, do put Trojan horses in in computer equipment and stuff that they sell to the U.S. so that whenever they're ready, they, they, it provides them into a, a backdoor into systems. And so you're saying that if when they provide laptops to government officials, they basically have a front row seat to every communication exactly. that happens. You know, I hear them saying they're making presentations with Chinese and saying the Chinese say they will not interfere in government. They don't have to do anything. They have everything already set up. (laughs) As I said, as I said, the Chinese know when my sovereign goes into the bathroom in that state house. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's no joke. It is no joke. They trust the Chinese some others say, all oh, the Americans are blue-eyed. They want to colonize Dominica and black. What do they think the Chinese are doing? What do they think the Chinese are doing? And the evidence is there. Look at what the Chinese are doing in China, in, in Africa. You think it's no different in Dominica? And, and you made, you, on, you made, a, you made yeah. a comment, really about um, Ross living Dominica has has everything to do with the Chinese not wanting Americans in any in any high level capacity on Dominica. Uh, so so absolutely. So you're thinking that the 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 the, the leaving of Ross was a, was an orchestrated um, event by the government. I believe so. Mm. I may be wrong. But when I when I see you know everything that's happening, it's quite plausible. It's quite plausible. So if we go back, if we go back to the to the medical ship, the, mm-hmm. we see the atrocious condition of our healthcare system. Our nurses are currently protesting, or some of them anyway. Um, 
we uh, the slightest injury people are raising money to take their 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 relatives who can afford it overseas for health care you know what um, is what is your opinion on the condition of health care in Dominica right now oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god it is obscene you know in in the 80s in the 80s, late 80s, 90s, around that time, Dominica had a model healthcare system. I remember them, Dominica had the best primary healthcare system in the whole Caribbean. We had dentists, pharmacists, doctors, French, French doctors, pharmacists, in every zone. And clinics mm-hmm. on the island. We had ambulances and so. Uh huh. Go ahead. Ambulances and everything. I mean, the primary health care system was just on top. Now look at what we have. Look at what we have. You know, I was so disappointed in our Paho doctor, Clarissa Etienne, when she came to Dominica some time ago. And I think she gave them an A. <laughs> she praised Dominica's health. You know, I I am me. I am me. So, you know, people assume that when people have high credentials and they're in high positions, you just have to take what they say and don't question it, don't criticize it, don't say anything. But I'm not that kind of person. I called her out. I said, is she, is she kidding me? You hear Dale Dungerman, Dr. Dale Dungerman, who has tried so much to help them improve the healthcare system in Dominica, and they spit on him all the time. Dr. Sam couldn't get a license to practice in our hospital. All our professionals, they treat them like dirt and they take people from everywhere people they don't know, people who cannot even communicate with Dominican patients to make it worse. And look at how they treat our nurses. I mean, it is sad. It is so sad. And and the thing, the thing about it, that Shirley, is that if, if we cannot provide care for, for physically sick people, um, mm-hmm. after Hurricane Maria and the trauma that the nation went through, I can just imagine how much of a void there is in mental health um, services on, on the island. Um, okay. Go ahead. No, so, so, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit as we uh, in, included in the conversation with, with healthcare. Um, the need of our people who will be walking around, not falling down, not bleeding, but but who walk it around with serious mental issues and need for counseling and different type of of, of mental health? Um, I mean, you remember we had um, in the eighties and 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 in nineties we had we had a pretty decent healthcare um, that it needed improvement, but it was certainly better than what we have right now. I think. Yeah, well, I was one of the first persons that started to scream, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, these people, they're going to need therapy, they're going to need mental health services after that, going through that kind of traumatic event. Mm-hmm. I was told that they had people trained 
well, what is her name? Tina Alexander answered when I spoke about it and she said they had people trained to provide these services and I don't know to what extent they have it. But I am looking at the things that are happening in Dominica right now and I'm saying that if we don't do something about that mental health therapy issue, things can only get worse because there are a lot of traumatized people going around and they are not diagnosed. You don't know what's going on with them. You don't know what's causing them to do the things that they are doing right now if it's not a result of the trauma that was not treated. We don't know. If, you know, for instance, when that young girl faked her kidnapping and did what she did, I said, first thing I would do is an evaluation to see what's going on with her. When everybody was saying, hang her, hang her, hang her, I said, no, the first step is um, psych, you know, psychological evaluation. I'm not saying that it is the cause, but it may be the cause because we have a lot of traumatized people in Dominica right now. And Dominica has never been, well, I wouldn't say never, but has not been a nice environment for mentally ill people. You see what happens to mentally ill people in Dominica, right? They treat them like they are nothing. And this is a conversation that we must have on a... I am not a mental health professional, but I've had, you know, experiences in it because when I worked at Center for Multicultural Human Services, this is what it was about. It was psychology, therapy, and psychiatry dealing with victims of war and refugees. So while I am not a mental health expert myself, but I have had that kind of experience. I even had to sit down with people because I used to do the intake, you know, to find out what's going on with them. So, you know, I can send them to who they need to go to. And I sat with people that were in Saddam Hussein's torture chambers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you look at what's happening in Dominica, do you, do you, do you, I know you're not there on the ground, but do you see some type of similarities or some symptoms that seem to manifest themselves similarly with, with let's say people who've been, because war is a, is a, like a traumatic event. And when you yeah. when you hear folks describe about the experience of Hurricane Maria, um, mm-hmm. you you get that. And also also we see a lot of stories coming out of Dominica of of child abuse and child molestation. We see a lot of stories came out after Maria, where um, some of the the soldiers and stuff who came um, mm-hmm. to to work in Dominica. Um, you know, they take advantage of some of our, our young girls and, and maybe young boys. Um, do you see signs and symptoms of, 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 of evidence of, that, of those things going on that, that, that doesn't bode well for Dominica? Well, as you said, I am not there. I am not seeing it. Mm. But from the stories that I'm hearing and from the little experience that I, I have, you know, I, I know that there is that need, that there is that dire need. People talk about, 
all kinds of other health needs, but they don't talk about mental health needs that much. Mm. And we have to address it because if they do not address it, they might lose a whole generation of, of people. Look at them. Could you look at the amount of, 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 of violent deaths? Look at the kind of violence that we have in Dominica. Well, we had it before Maria, but to me, you know, it's it upscaled since Maria. Somebody needs to look at that. And we know our, our, our people who suffer from health care, as you said, have traditionally not received care. Sometimes they, they are treated as criminals. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the response that we have is to call the police, and that mm-hmm. doesn't always end well. Uh, so yeah, we we I've had a show before with um with 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 uh, 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 right after Maria, we had a show where we spoke about the need to pay attention to to mental mm-hmm. health issues, and the same name that you called a while ago um, is somebody Tina, I think. Um, yeah, Tina Alexander. Yeah, that, that name came up as well. But it's, but I guess is that something that we have to to pay attention to and to try to educate people that the response to a mentally ill person is not to necessarily to call the police, or if you call mm-hmm. the police, then the police maybe should have some training in in how exactly. to to deal with a, a mentally ill person. Y- you know, mental um, mental issues you know, it's kind of close to my heart because I had an experience in La Plaine and I still get nightmares of that experience that I had in La Plaine. It mm-hmm. concerned uh, a young fellow. He was mentally ill. His name was Benedict Buckley. And the whole village knew that Benedict was a mentally ill patient. So one day he he did something, simple thing. He went to the credit union office and exposed himself to the ladies at the credit union office. I, I don't know what else he did. And they called the police. Inspector Challenger was in charge of the station at that time. He was the inspector in Lapland. And he called Rosso. And they came up a jeep, a van, with around 10, gosh, 10 policemen dressed in fatigue. Mm-hmm. And they went to that place and they pepper sprayed. No, um, not pepper spray. What they use the tear gas. Yeah, they tear gas that place. Like six, 10 canisters of tear gas. Wow. In an that place. boy was oh. hiding inside a little shingled place. And they find that was not enough. They peppered him with bullets inside there. And they dragged his body and threw it like on a van like a dog. And went to sit. Up to now, I don't think we know where Benedict Buckley is buried. I'll never, never, never forget that. I can hear the trauma in your voice from, from that experience. Yeah. And, and so we, there, is, there is a great need for, for mental health um, services education. And, 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 mm-hmm. and education in the country. And education. Yeah. To make sure that we understand that mm-hmm. when somebody is mentally ill, the response is not a, police, not a police response. And the other thing is that, which is something that I want to talk about, is the militarization of the police. You have a peaceful mm-hmm. place like Dominica and you militarize the police. Of course, they're going to be anxious 
to to use their training. And so if yeah. you they say if you're a hammer, you look you, everything looks like a nail. So 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 when we train the police as military guys, of course they're going to show up and protect us at the crowd. And 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 I heard that um the prime minister is starting to make comments almost to suggest like he he's feeling threatened um what they're planning to try is not going to work and, and there's rumors that he has selected a 30-man squad to protect him and his families setting that setting that stage where to 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 give the impression that he's under threat or under siege what when, when you see things like that what 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 do you think well paranoia is one of the characteristics of a dictator. And if you follow Roosevelt's pattern and his history, it's not the first time that he is pretending or feeling threatened. Just remember the coup. Remember the Marigot fire. Remember the time Roosevelt made the police, they made the police people dressed in ridiculous hazmat suits with tape all over it, go and look for a bomb in the financial center when there was no bomb. All that is manipulation. All that is manipulation looking for sympathy and building a case, creating, creating, crisis creation. This is a mark of a dictator. They all do that. They all do that. So, Sally, we have a few minutes left. I'm going to ask you, to do something. Um, mm-hmm. I know you want to encourage Dominicans to vote the Labour Party out of office for, for the mm-hmm. good of Dominican to let them realize w- what the danger would be to re-elect the current government back into office. So so I w- I'm going to give tell you to take the next few minutes and talk directly to, to people of, of Dominica who are listening and, and who can, or can also talk to folks who listening, who can vote, who are going to vote. And make the case okay. why, why you know, the Labour Party should be voted out of office in the next election. Oh, my God. I make that case every day, but let me, let me do it again. <laughs> <laughs> let me do it again. Okay, let me do that before I get into this. Mm-hmm. Since I was not, you know, as privileged to show up on the show last night to answer the question... Um, is democracy under threat in Dominica? Mm-hmm. I will answer it on your show. Of course, go ahead. And I will say yes. Democracy is under threat. We have reached the stage of despotism do. That is something that Alex the, the Tocqueville described as a democracy that has disintegrated into a despotic reality within a democratic formality. This is what we have in Dominica right now. And Dominicans, you have heard me, Dominicans, you have heard me telling you that the path that Dominica is on right now is a dangerous path. I have blamed you along all the time for allowing it to get to the stage 
where it is now. But you have a chance. You have a chance to turn this around. This is not about United Workers Party. This is not about Freedom Party. This is not about any political party. This is for the future of your children. I cringe when I think of the next generation. If the path that Dominica is on right now should continue, I look down 10 years, 15 years, and what I see is not pretty. And I'm telling you, Dominicans, if you do not change that government this time, it's going to be 10 times harder for you to do it. You see what's happening now. Roosevelt has all your money in his possession that he uses mercilessly for his political purposes. He has the government machinery. He has his enablers. He has everything going in his favor. Imagine if you do not do everything in your power to stop it now. What will happen if he continues to solidify his power in Dominica? It's going to be a daunting task to remove him if you don't do it now. It's now or never, Dominica. I am not exaggerating. I do not want to appear to be melodramatic or any of that. I am just telling you the reality. Very passionate, very passionate plea. <laughs> you know, you, um, you, you say it well, Shirley. And that is why uh, when, when I asked you to come and you agreed, I was, I was delighted with the fact that you were going to be my guest. Because you're not afraid to say what you see and you have the ability to analyze and, and to connect your ideas and to express them. And that's what I like. You know, sometimes the passion through, um, shows through and, um, and the message comes in a visceral way. And, 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 you, and we, we, are, we also admire that. But I, but Shirley, I want to I want to tell you thank you so much for for coming on. I'm going to give you a chance to 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 say last words. I hope this is not the last time that you come to this weekend interview because I think you, you what you shared tonight was very sobering, very insightful, and very informative. And the biggest takeaway I have from our conversation tonight is is to look at journalism and the absence of journalism not only to bring stories to our current attention but to document it you know and we look at the difference between the role that journalism is playing and, and the media is playing right now compared to the role that they played in 1979 78 79 when, when mm -hmm. Patrick John was prime minister so I'm going to I'm going to tell you 
you make some closing remarks and and i really appreciate the fact that you made the time to to come and spend an hour with me on this weekend interview well thank you so very much for having me it was a pleasure talking to you i mean you know anytime that i can do anything to make sure that people get the message i will do it i have tried in so many different ways i have cried i have laughed i have made a fool of myself i have done satire i have used every way i know how to send that message across so i always welcome another opportunity to do it thank you so much for having me you're welcome one last question before you go if i would mm-hmm. if if i were to get you back and you had to um debate somebody who who is supporting the current administration who would that person be if you had to pick oh my god give me Clarence <laughs> Christian <laughs> give you Clarence Christian all right Clarence Christian there's a Clarence Christian there's a challenge there for you i want <laughs> I, I, I i want to have you and Shirley Allen on this weekend interview uh we do it in a very organized way you make your case why this government is doing an excellent job and why why we should reelect them and I, and we give and, and Shirley makes the case why Dominica is on the brink of dictatorship and how we are a failed state if that's what I, I, I understand is a position and and you two guys can can make your case to the Dominican people let's see if we can make it happen but Shirley thank you thank you once again thank you very much and and I really appreciate it God bless have a good night all right then thank you Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. So, listeners, there you have it. Um, brilliant guest. Uh, nothing less than what I anticipated because I, I see Shirley's contribution on, on, on Facebook and in other media. And she, she always has that analysis. And she comes at it from, a, from another angle. And she goes deep. She dives deep. And, and, and she's passionate about it. And that is what, that is what we, we want to encourage. Because in the absence of real journalism, in the absence of organized media that, that can hold the government accountable, citizens have to step in. Citizens have to step in and, and to do it. And that is what, we, that is what we, we have to do because a voiceless people is a powerless people. And so we have to look to individuals who are brave enough to stand up to the system and, 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 and give them a voice. And that is what, that's what we do. That's what we do on TGN Radio. That's what we do on This Week in Interview. So thank you so much for staying with us. Thank you to my guest, Shirley. Um, thank you, my listeners. I really appreciate you staying. I, I welcome your feedback on this, on this program. I look forward to the next time we have Shirley on and maybe the next time we have her and Clarence Christian. I think that would, that would be an awesome, an awesome show. My producer and engineer, Sam, um, you know, thank you so much for all you do to keep the mics live and to keep, us, keep the quality good on air. So on this, we do this again next week, Wednesday. Uh, for this week, the interview, I'm your host, Anthony Drago. Uh, shout out, big, big shout out to everybody. It's spring. It's spring. Let us have our own um, Dominican spring where we start to do some spring cleaning and, and move 
you know, start sweeping the cobwebs and shine some sunlight. Sunlight is the best antiseptic. Let's shine some sunlight on some dark places in our governance of Dominica. So good night, folks. I will see you again next Wednesday. Remember, invite five people to come. Invite five people to come to listen to this weekend interview every week. Good night.